Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Two thousand one was supposed to be better than two thousand. How's it going so far? Lies. 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 Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which Mike and I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are all the way up to Season 5, Episode 16, entitled Awakenings. Incorrect. Uh, Incorrect. In co- that is oh. not at all where we are or what the name of the show is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I might have uh I, I might have needed to awaken just a hair before I uh started this. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's try this again. Uh, this week we are up to season five, episode sixteen, Gideon's Crossing. Yeah, that's what I meant the whole time. I guess oh, now is not a good everything. time to tell you that you also listed Jimmy Berluti or Michael Badalucco as the best guest actor this week uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. Okay, look, it has been a very long week. It has. It for has. All of us. Oh my goodness! Well, now I have to go back. I have to double check like the dates on everything I put in here. Like it's all it, it's all gone to hell. I clearly was. Well, asleep the good news is that I no was... one comes to this podcast for any sort of accuracy. So that is the good news. <laughs> yes, can you imagine? Like, uh, I don't know, Phoenix. Is, are you the fact tech fact checker? Oh well, God, the, I wouldn't even wish that upon our worst enemy. I no, truly, truly. All right, Gideon's crossover. Okay, no, I got everything else right. Okay, it's going to be fine. Everybody, it's going to be fine. Everyone, take a deep breath. It's a time for healing and unity, Keith. Yeah, so obviously uh, we are recording this on uh, January 11th, 2021. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm a little unclear um, how we're going to refer to this in, you know, moving forward. Are, is this going to be January 6th, like 9-11? Or is it going to be something else? I don't. I don't think we've figured out uh, what this is going to go by yet. But obviously, uh, on January sixth uh, was the uh, attack on the Capitol, and uh, the the Trump incited mob that came in and uh, uh, tried to overthrow the government, essentially. And uh, yeah, so that was. Uh, it's a. It's been a scary week. It's been uh I'll frame been rough. it th- I'll frame it this way. 
that I, I won't even have to put up a, spo- uh, a politics spoiler warning in the front of the episode so people can skip it. Um, I, I think it's our, Keith and I's leanings have already been well-documented. Uh, I'll say this, though. I'll try to tie it to what, what we're doing on this podcast a little bit. As trite as that is, I will try to do so slightly. Because here's the feeling I had on Wednesday when I watched this uh, event unfold in real time, as I'm sure many of our, our listeners did as well. You know, we watch a television show that is based on our the judicial system, and and we explore all of the the nooks and crannies, and though dramatized, still real life consequences of conflicts of interest of stretching the line of truth and of process uh, to the furthest extent possible in order to get the outcome that you want, right? Would you agree that that's a, that's a decent broad sure. brush outline? Yeah. And Keith and I have also personally on the podcast explored, especially over this past year, our personal privilege and mm-hmm. uh, our it, it, we, we can only watch what's been unfolding in our country, the protests, the mounting divisiveness on on in our politics from our seat of privilege uh and i'd like to think that we are at least cultured and and contrite enough empathetic enough human beings that we recognize that privilege well we're trying to at least trying We, we are continuing to explore the depths of it and discovering new levels frequently never before though personally have i felt viscerally felt that privilege and also at the same time felt the sheer fragility of our entire country the entire system mm. of government that has been existing for only a 200 years you just make assumptions my daily life is full of assumptions oh that this won't play out a certain way up until the point where these people were storming the Capitol. Look, I watched the president's speech. I thought it was pathetic. I thought it was insightful. Not not, not insightful, but inciting. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody thought that yeah, was what you meant. <laughs> I don't want to even be. And that, that is a, an adjective never once yeah. <laughs> used to uh, describe one of his speeches, even by his supporters. But even as it's happening... Even as it's happening, I, I brought. Hey, we've become desensitized to it. It is. It's just Trump doing Trump. It's just the same BS. Yeah. And then, as they walked down to the Capitol, and it seemed to get a little out of hand, I thought this is just demonstrative. This is just. Sh- surely there will be tons of protection and security at the. At the and it, it was not so. I'm not going to speculate on it was it an inside job. I'm not even going to comment on the sheer demonstrable uh, differences between the security of this type of event versus the protests we've seen this uh, this past year. I'm not even going to wade into yeah. those waters. Uh, to keep it focused on my feelings at the time, as I saw these people inside the Capitol and realized, even in real time, what could have been what could have happened, right? The the repercussions. What they tried to do. And then not but hours later when the, they yeah, they curtailed some of the, but they still were voting effectively to overturn the votes of millions of people in those states. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. It realized to me just how fragile truth and the assumption that our representatives are looking out for our best interests in any way, shape, or form is. And it's the first time it really became clear to me that a lot of the, the shit we're taught in school about how this is the best system in the world and how it's infallible and all that crap is just simply not really true. And uh, it, it's almost sad to me that it took, I'm 40 years old and I was that naive to have that sort of faith and blind trust in this sort of body of government. And, and the truth is mm. that our, a lot of our daily lives are built on a lot of assumptions that just, especially if you are a minority in this country, just not true. Yeah. That's my piece. No, I think that's, I think, I think that's well put. And I, I, I share all of your feelings and it, it makes me, I, I think the, the thought that you're having that I, uh, that I frequently have myself is that democracy is like currency. It works and it means something because we all collectively decide that it does. Like currency. We, we decide that a piece of paper, this piece of paper is worth $10. This piece of paper is worth $100. There's no, it's it's all completely, we just choose to believe that it means something. And it's based on gold. Well, we choose to mean, we choose to believe that gold means something. It's a relatively worthless metal. And so democracy is the same way. It only works if we're all choosing to believe in it and all choosing to follow it. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's certainly a scary time. And, you know, in some ways, this is the inevitable uh, outcome. I mean, I, somebody, I don't know if yeah, Jen might have sent it to us, but like somebody posting on Twitter, well, that escalated steadily for four years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was like, that's exactly, uh, it's exactly what happened. This this is the inevitable result. And hopefully this is where it ends um, because the the first 10 years of the playbook that gets us to a very dark place. We are going page by page all the way through exactly to script. And this is just chapter six. And I I hope that we are able to pull it back together a little bit and, um, yeah, and you I know, think- and call it out for what it is. I mean, the, the, it was an insurrection. Those people were not protesters. They were not looters. They were not a mob. They were traitors. I don't consider it any different than if they'd attacked our troops on the battlefield. Like it, it's, you it's, attack our capital, you try to kill our representatives. You're traitors. You are traitors to this country. That is treason. I have Full been, uh, and I'm not putting the FBI on blast. I, you know, they're very protective of investigations they're doing and things like that. I've been heartened slightly. My fellow citizens, I follow a few t- Twitter accounts that have been in full "Don't fuck with cats" investigative mode just tracking down mm-hmm. these people and you know it it, it it it's cancel culture right this is uh, to the to the max but if if our if we can turn that it's exact not, though it's not but what i'm saying is if we can turn that yeah, yeah. fervor towards this type of righteous pursuit in our opinions uh have at it and uh, i've it's been heartened to see how we've that those people have have coalesced in order to 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 do this. And um, no, look, we're not out of the woods, right? We, I think no. that is clear. And if we remove all emotion from this, which is tough to do, it will be interesting intellectually and procedurally to see how we define accountability 
as a country. Because let's see how this all plays out. I mean, there's it can shake out so many different ways. I mean, he at this point, he could pardon all of these people. Uh, he could, you know, a lot of procedural, there are checks and balances and there are crazy things written into this document that, that are going to be explored. Um, yeah. and it's, it's going to be interesting to follow if not harrowing. Yeah, no, it really, it's, is someone breaking into your house it's gonna be right now? I, <laughs> you can tell I'm looking up to the basement window. I think we just got a FedEx delivery, oh. but I haven't replaced the like the storm window that goes because the, the basement windows are sunk down and they've got the plastic thing and I bought them, but I haven't replaced them. So it's not transparent. So somebody clearly just went up to our door and then left pretty quickly. So they couldn't have stolen much. That, that's a great segue. Let's escape out of this political quagmire yeah. I've created and ask Keith. We, we, tell we us could about, go on forever. Tell us about uh, the developments over the past week of your uh, your basement studio home. Yes. Well, I, I tell you, like you have been. Uh, we were talking before, like you have been, like just just living in the in this this trauma that our country is facing and. And like just getting into it. And I have been taking all of my anxiety and all of my feelings into obsessively working on the basement. <laughs> so uh, it since we last spoke a week ago, I have repainted the entire basement. Uh, I got rid of all the red rum <laughs> on uh, both on the walls behind here and up on the ceiling. And uh, primed and repainted the whole thing, which took forever. Because mm. we, with all the ducks and all this gold trim, which I saved... There's, I, I made the biggest masking tape bolus you have ever seen. <laughs> and uh, and I have investigated, I have carpeting ready to go down. Okay. Uh, as soon as we're done, I'm going to put it down. And they're all they're all carpet squares. So. Oh, interesting. Like this. And, and so you stick them down on the, on the floor. So I will be doing a review uh, of Floragami uh, carpet squares next week. Stay tuned. I've used the interlocking uh, kitchen tile before. So I've never I've never done the mm-hmm. carpeting though, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean they say it's good. It say it's it's pretty easy. You just stick it down, and and what's good about it is that if you fuck up one or two, you can pull it off and replace them. Yeah, just I a found, square at a time. You know, in my apartment, uh, as as most apartments, we had uh, hardwood flooring, and no matter what strategy I used to sort of sound baffle any room, it just was an exercise in futility. I found that having carpeting has it eliminates the need for any of that. Oh, I always have carpeting in my studio, so I'm I'm super psyched. And it's it's a concrete. I mean, it's a really nice cement floor here, but it's a cement floor. It's just hard on your feet and it's loud. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yes, no, my first my first week of homeownership, I have uh, gone to the paint store. I think I went five times in three days. <laughs> um, you know, because I I was a little indecisive on the color. For the uh, background here, so I, I I tried four different colors before. Now, does your I wife get on... any input on this, or not? Not in the basement. She wants nothing to do with the basement. Oh, okay. It's 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 not that I have like planted my flag and said this is mine. You can't, you know, no girls allowed. She wants. No, she's like, I don't know why you want to be down there. So it's uh Oh, so it's she's gonna have a different studio out. space. You don't have to share it. No, no, that's oh, the whole that's idea. So she, how amazing is yeah, that? Yeah, no. So she her her studio is on the it's on the second floor. And so, and she sort of has like two of them. She, you know, she took two of her, you know, the, the, the primary will have a, like a relaxation studio and then she has an office. So, um, yeah, no. So we'll be set up and we've been doing a lot of sound testing throughout the house 
to figure out uh, where in the house can we both work at the same time without interfering. So really uh, what I'm hearing is that within, let's say, four months, you're going to be 600 pounds uh, and pale and uh, just on 4chan all the time? uh, Minus the 4chan. I'm pretty much there. (laughs) (laughs) Mission accomplished. Let me Um, tell you. Hey, this just in, we're going to do a podcast Ooh. starting now. Oh, are we doing a podcast? Or I thought we were just shooting the shit. Oh, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> All right. Let us move forward and talk about the real world of our fake world and begin with our segment. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Uh, I was going to do it. To, it was quiet in Lake Wobegon joke, but I, I, I do my gears. It was quiet in Lake Wobegon, and Pastor Inkfest had just brought He's been by canceled. a buckleberry Keep. pie. Come on. Keep up. And I had a nice slice of pie, then grabbed a woman against her will. <laughs> it was a beautiful day. <laughs> anyway, so we heard from a new friend, uh, Mike Harlow, who just said... Holy shit, I can't believe this is a real podcast. My favorite show of all time. I thought nobody remembered it. Cannot wait to go listen. Well, we can't wait to have you uh, listening to the show. And when you catch up to this episode in five years, uh, I I, I hope the flying cars work. Yeah, by that point, you'll have realized it's not a real podcast at all. No. (laughs) uh, That's true. He said real podcast. Oh, God. (laughs) Also, I I looked into Mike just to respond to his... uh, his YouTube comment, and uh, he's got like seven thousand YouTube f- subscribers. He like does sh- some shows himself, so uh, oh. do not judge us based off your success, Mr. Harlow, because uh, <laughs> it ain't worth it. What you're experiencing as a successful whatever it is that you do is not what we're experiencing necessarily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just sad, desperate people who need to watch TV. Exactly. Speaking of TV, I have the very, very fast uh, mention of our loudest segment. So very quickly, uh, was watching the movie Ad Astra uh, with with Jillian, with Brad Pitt. And who is there as a general so-and-so? It's Lisa Gay Hamilton. Hey! Who has, who has been doing a lot of uh, a lot of film work. I see her all the time lately. So that was a very welcome sight. Uh, since we're doing it, let me just jump in there real Air quick. Curtains. I watched uh, th- two documentaries uh, that I want to mention. One is called uh, An Honest Liar. I think it's from 2017. It's about the amazing Randy and his sort of lifelong pursuit of debunking uh, people that claim to have supernatural powers. Um, Oh, right. I find the documentary fairly, uh, it's a little misleading because it turns out to be less about that actual, his actual, uh, the actual work that he's been doing and becomes more about him becomes, and then about his personal life. and, And so it sort of strays from what I was hoping it was. However, it had me go into a deep dive on YouTube about like watching his specials over the years. I mean, he's been doing this for years and years and years and some of the, the stunts he's pulled and, and ways he's gone about debunking these people. Uh, and it's fascinating. So that's one. 
Two, a little more topical to what we've been discussing, it, uh, a documentary released 2020 uh, called Feels Good Man, and it is about a, a cartoonist who started a, a, a cartoon called The Boys Club, which featured a frog called Pepe the Frog, and about how oh. that they that that character had been co-opted and degraded into a, a white nationalist symbol and super meme, right. and it's... It it feels like it has to be a fake thing, but it is real and it is harrowing and and it, it ends fairly. He sort of gets some control over it, so that that's that's nice. Spoiler warning, but uh, it is absolutely absolutely fascinating and it, worth a watch. And finally, I'll mention because it's much more apropos to what we do here. Uh, Jen and I finally got around to watching the HBO Max uh, special season one of Perry Mason which is a sort of reboot reimagining of the old Perry Mason attorney at law TV show. Uh, And this is beautifully shot, beautiful cinematography, excellent casting and acting. It suffers, I hate to do this, but the first two episodes, it's a little bit, none of the characters are instantly, um, John Lithgow's in it, uh, are instantly like, um, sympathetic characters, but the mystery, mm. the central mystery is really interesting. And, and we are now up to the final two episodes where we're on the penultimate episode and we're really hook, line and sinker. So I, I give it a recommend if not for just the sort of visual style and the writing and the acting. So, uh, cool. yeah, there you go. All right. More TV. Well, that, that was, yeah, more TV. Oh, and before I do it, uh, let me, before I, I finish the filing and subpoenas, even though that's we already moved on, let's tell, let's tell you how you can file or subpoena. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. You can email us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our blog, Out of Practice Podcast.blogspot.com. And while you're there, while you're doing it, do us a huge favor, join the jury, leave us a rating on review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. It really helps us find more new friends like our new friend, Mike Harlow, who is more successful than we are. Thank you very much. Okay, that means it is time to hop back into the time machine. And we are going back to March March 11th, the year 2001. And that makes us ask the question, what was going on? This day in the basement. Ah, March. March, 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 March. Uh, Had no idea, could not really recall what was happening around this time specifically, but then uh, I decided yesterday, the day before, to take a drive. Oh, oh boy. That's That's not right. That's not what I want. Well, I mean, we were technically in the world. You're right. That's true. So I drove down to the micro center uh, where back in the day, I'll never forget uh, because my dad had given me a, a, an a American Express card for emergencies only, Keith. And, uh, <laughs> I bet that went well. And for like a, a beautiful three month period, micro center had a no questions asked return policy. So I was I would love to go and buy uh, um, pro- software Installed on my computer and then just return it. Um, 
Ah, uh, yes, this this was um, the slightly questionable ethics era of Mike and Daglio's life. Um, <laughs> until my dad was like, what is this, like, $400 balance? I was like, no, it's not a balance, Dad. It's all been returned. He's like, what the hell? And that was the end of that American Express card. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I recalled the other day, I was like, uh, oh, shit, we have a micro center. I, for, I live not far from there anymore. So I, I decided to go over. Um, so I was driving over and I drove through some of my old stomping grounds where I used to take guitar lessons and I drove by the, <clears throat> I won't, actually I won't call it out, but I drove by this bread company and I remembered Keith, and I think I've told you this before, I might've talked it on the pod that I, this was a period of my time, this March, 2021, uh, 2001, <clears throat> I was doing three things. I was getting up in the morning at but o'clock in the morning, uh, to help my brother take my dad to dialysis. And then I would go work a uh, early AM shift at the bread company making cinnamon bread uh, with a colleague that I, we never spoke. We just sat there in the quiet and made bread before any of the customers were open, would come. And then I would go home and get a little bit of sleep. And then I would go and coach crew, uh, up marine uh, rowing team. Right. And then right. I would drive out to the Dutch country players in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and rehearse the show tribute, which I talked about. And I started to try to dig up any pictures or a program, any information on the internet that might have shown that this show existed and literally nothing. I tried to mm. track down the, uh, the, the woman who befriended me and helped me through a tough time, Summer Hayes, and can't find her. Can't remember the names of the director or anything. I, literally, it's all poof. It's all gone. <laughs> mm. But I did drive. The uh, bread company is still open and still running, and so uh, it was nice to to have that piece of my life. I that was a really therapeutic because uh, this gentleman who was my the other guy who worked the early shift with me, we uh, like I said, we just kind of did our thing. We just worked the bread and didn't really uh, chat much or listen to music. It was just quiet, and we made bread, and it was kind of awesome. That's my story. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, that, that's actually a great story. I, I've always loved um, both sort of simple, repetitive tasks, like I'm sure making the bread was, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the ability of a coworker not to talk the whole time. Yeah. And uh, there's at at the index uh, where I've worked for the last eleven years. Um, until we went remote, which obviously we are now, and I now I work here. This is my office now. Um, but I used to sit next to him for eight hours a day, and we would, the first thing in the morning, was like, hey, what's up? At the end of the night, be like, hey, have a good one. And many days, that was all we communicated, and it wasn't weird. We were both perfectly happy with it. We talked when, when it was necessary, but Jillian's like, what do you What's it? You just sit there and just like work, and I'm like, yeah, put on my headphones, put on some Netflix, and it's uh, I I love having coworkers like that. It's easier as you get older. Like when you're younger and you have more people you want to impress, or you feel like you have to assert yourself, or I don't even know how to describe it, but you feel like it's dead silence becomes uncomfortable, and the more you can kind of harness that and 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 become comfortable with it, I think it serves you. Yeah, yeah, I, totally. Uh, yeah. So uh, what I was doing, and I'm going to do a little bit of a, a tease for a later one. Uh, I was beginning to prepare for my junior recital 
Ooh. at Eastman, which was coming up on April 14th. And uh, it was a really, uh, the recitals there were very intense. It was like a very serious thing. And it was a solo recital. So it was just like just me for like almost an hour of singing and memorization and a thousand different things. Uh, so they're always super scary. This one was like the small one. The senior recital was the biggie, and we'll get to that next year. Um, but I was about to do that, and I think you can find uh, – I'm going to show you when we get there. The poster I designed for this, which became uh, kind of famous at Eastman, and you might see why maybe I – didn't fit in quite with the other kids. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was a little different in uh, in my style, a little more theatrical. So uh, we will right. get that. Po- I found it. We will post it when we get closer to it. Oh goody! All, all right. It is time for. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. We, of course, are talking about March 11th, 2001. And we were listening to, for the third week, Stutter by Joe, fe- featuring Mystical. What is the hook to this and song? This, Do you know this song either? No. We, we heard it a couple weeks ago. Neither one of us had ever heard it before. <laughs> this is some strange thing. It's it, This is called Team Star Kid. It's like trying to be like a boy band sort of a deal. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so that was our number one hit. The Burlington Free Press were talking about the president hopeful on tax cuts. And this, of course, is the very beginning of the George W. Bush administration. And they did push through tax cuts. And who uh, are all the worse off for it? The top movie was The Mexican, starring Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt in a movie I barely remember. All right. Thank you so much, Star Kid. It is now time for... It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. The now-defunct Atlanta Thrashers beat the Bruins in a 7-5 shootout at the Fleet Center. Brian Rolston scored two for Boston. Jason Allison had four points, and Billy Garrett had a goal in a fight. Patrick Stefan had two goals for Atlanta. The empty net in Boston was credited for a goal against in the official score sheet. The Flyers lost a 3-2 game to the Devils. Mark Recchi scored his 23rd for Philly, but not John... But... John Madden, not that John Madden, posted the game winner for Jersey with 43 seconds remaining. There were eight glorious fighting majors in the game, and I wrote too much copy, but I was covering while you ate. Blueberries. (laughs) Ooh, so healthy. Goodness gracious. If she had brought me crinkly fries and a Slurpee, I'd eaten that too. Oh, I I would have. I'll just pretty much eat like a tennis ball at this point. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) All <laughs> right. Uh, do, do we have any weather this week? No. Okay. No weather. Uh, All right. I'm a human being. God, God damn it. it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Uh, this episode entitled Gideon's Crossing, apparently, <laughs> was written 
by here, here I, there's a whole team here. So here we go. It is it has a teleplay by David E. Kelly, Jonathan Shapiro, who last wrote on We Hold These Truths, Peter Blake, who last wrote on The Deal, Lynn E. Litt, who last wrote on The Thin Line, and, and a story by that whole team, plus Wendy West, who was a staff writer on Gideon's Crossing. And it was directed by one of our favorite directors, Michael Schultz. However, this is the last episode of the practice that he will do. So this is Michael Schultz's finale. Which leaves us with only one important thing. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? Ew. What? What? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Oh, timer's on. If you have 30 seconds to say what's gonna ah, happen. Ah. Well, listen, we left Lucy's client, well, I guess not a client, Lucy's uh ward at uh in the lurch last week. If I'm not mistaken, she had been raped and there was a witness to the rape, but that witness was like a drunk and Helen Gamble wanted, wants to call the young girl who was the victim to the stand. Uh, this is what I recall. Uh, mm-hmm. Somehow we've got to work Gideon's Crossing in, which is like a, a hospital show, right? Yes. So the episode is going to be about Gideon <laughs> is the raped girl, the victim's doctor, and he's going to spend the whole episode trying to convince him that she's not prepared to testify. But Lucy Hatcher is going to see it through and help her testify. And my guess is that it's going to be Lucy's episode. Lucy will be the best, will be the feature of the episode. Marla Sokolov will win Best Actor of the Oopsie. Lucy Hatcher will win uh, uh, Best Lawyer somehow. It's going to be an all Lucy, all the time episode. That's my prediction. Wow. Okay, well, I, I don't know if that's a big swing, but it's the first time. It's an unprecedented swing. You have never predicted the oopsie winners before, so that's especially something. when a non-lawyer. I'm going to predict a non-lawyer is going to somehow win best lawyer. Okay, or most right. valuable lawyer. Excuse me. Well, yeah, that's right. Get our awards right. These are real. These are real things, Mike. Yeah, right. You're right. Okay, folks. Well, it is time for you to hop over to your podcasting service of choice and listen to us. Listen to the episode. Do us a favor and watch the episode on Hulu or a licensed streaming service so we don't get sued. See you soon. Season 5, Episode 16, Gideon's Crossover. What do you mean? It's nighttime in Boston. He backed out of the deal. He wants to go to trial. He can't do that. Unfortunately, he can. Until the plea is entered with the judge, he has Does this mean she'll have to testify? It means she might. That's the 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 father's? I can't make this case with Michelle Tritter alone, Howard. You know this. Amanda will probably have to take the stand. I will do everything I can to protect her. Admittedly, that's not a lot. Maybe if Michelle Tritter's testimony is compelling enough, we could reintroduce the idea of a plea. Haven't we run around the track of the drunk eyewitness already? 
Uh, we have, but I, I forget. I, I forget, but I'm sure that we've we've done. I mean, questioning though, eyewitness is three quarters of every case that involves an eyewitness. They've yeah, got to have guy, some sort of a liability they're trying to exploit. Right, but there was a guy and he was wasted all the time. And Jimmy was trying. They were like they brought him into the office and he was like stinking of booze. Oh, oh, right. Yes, in the it was a class action suit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experimented. Right. It's not like we do a podcast about this or anything. I'm a coward. It's nice to see Helen, though. I don't want to be a killer DA here. You want to call this off? We can't. He lives in we our can't building. Call it off. If he goes free, she's got to see him every day. I mean, he could rape her again. He's that sick. Do what you have to do to get him, Miss Campbell. Try now, to what are your spare thoughts my on little if I girl. Have him murdered? I could have him murdered. I know people. I mean, I feel like that's probably the best way to go at this point. Okay, so uh, we've just heard the teaser in which they did nothing but uh, give us a little episode of Exposition TV. Okay. Uh, because they as- assumed that people hadn't seen it the episode before because there might be people who watched Gideon's Crossing who were hopping over to the practice, maybe seeing it for the first time, even though it was really, this whole thing is a stunt to try to get Gideon's Crossing's epi- or, uh, ratings up. Did we already do the episode where it, the vice versa no. crossover? Okay. No, no, no. This is this is the first uh, Gideon's appearance in the crossover verse. You know, most crossovers, I don't recall them going on both shows. Usually it's like a one and done kind of situation, but David E. Kelly loves to do the double. Well, it's a, you know, I'll shake your hand if you shake mine. He's shaking his own hand? Or something like that. Jimmy. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Michelson. Hands around America. I worked out an installment plan. I know this, but his first payment was due last Friday. I'll call him. I'd appreciate it if you could call him today. So Eugene appears to still be in charge of the office. Excuse me. I'm here to see Robert Donald. You are? Ken Littlefield. Yes, he's I'll tell you who it is. Lady that Lucy wants to know who that lady is. Lady who doesn't need to play on a big field because she's a little field. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. You you pulled that off while eating. I'm very impressed. I mean, honestly, that's really. (laughs) God bless. I will never turn down food. But she brings me lunch literally the second we start our podcast, which is, well. I mean, she brings you lunch. I I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) It really is. It's her day off, too. That that is, I mean, we have a a, a wonderful, majestic relationship, but that is not the relationship I have with my wife. Actually, I have have a decree for for Jillian. I made me think about it. Oh, okay. She must pay a penance for my wife being bizarre and listening to our podcast, which I would never willfully ask Jillian to do. But because Jillian is so professional in her music, stylings these days i decree uh-huh. i demand almost that whatever the next bumper that is necessary for us jillian must either compose or at the very least be party to and involved in the creation of oh boy now you don't have to take That's that one for uh... the team keith you can tell her i said so oh 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 great so you just volunteered me <laughs> Well, it's not like she's going to listen to me on the on the podcast. So you're going to have to you're going to have she voiceovered for your birthday. 
Oh, that's She totally voiceovered for your birthday. She's already a part of this. All right. All right. I I, I, I rescind my my, uh, demand. Oh, thank God. All right. You can stay married. uh, I'd I'd prefer that. We just bought a house. It'd be, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, oh, by the way, the father was is Donald Sage McKay back as Howard McGowan, but this uh, L- Littlefield is uh, is played by Isabella Hoffman, who is in uh, DC's CW universe. She plays a character that travels around in all of those. She's on Jag, Providence, and Homicide: Life on the Street, which she was uh, coming off of at this point. Can I get you some coffee or something? No, thank you. I'm fine. That'd be lovely, actually. Hmm. I could use one. I bet she stopped some traffic once or twice. Jesus Christ, Jimmy. Jimmy. Whoa, whoa. Are you okay? But Lucy's blouse might, because it is a purple leopard print. Yeah, that was no kick, though. Ow. You all right? Oh, no. (sighs) Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, uh... Eleanor is going to have a miscarriage or, or have some complication that's going to make her have to go to the Gideon's Crossing Hospital. Oh, it just I'm might. Sorry. We had to call an audible on what does Mike <laughs> think's going to happen. Thank you so much for agreeing to meet with me. Eleanor's got to do the crossover again. What does Mike What does Mike think's going to happen five minutes into the episode? Well, we can only use Eleanor for crossovers because our other cast is too busy and Eleanor and Cameron just happens to like just be doing favors left and right. Does does Eleanor just have a bad agent? What's going on? I don't know whether you read the newspapers. He's been charged with murdering my daughter. He didn't. Your daughter, so his stepdaughter. Yes. Our I can't attorney, believe she's not old friends with somebody. I'm convinced he no longer believes in my husband's innocence. And neither Raymond nor myself, for that matter, feel that it's wise to go into a trial with a lawyer who's less than sure of the cause. May I stop you? For the most part, the lawyer's personal beliefs about his client's guilt or innocence, it rarely matters much. You don't care? Not really. Yeah, except you I go guess completely for our own insane. peace of mind... We'd like to walk into that room with a lawyer who's truly with us. I'm also informed. Yeah, I'm unclear what's going to happen here because Mike just walked innocence. away. Usually puts more pressure on himself. Oh, there he is. We'd oh, there he is. Of that pressure. The teapot went off and Jen left the house. Oh, <laughs> tell me about the case. I've read a little, but yeah, tell my me a little bit about the case too. To I was saving ourselves from a fire. Some of her blood was found on one of Raymond's golf clubs. Is that the extent of the evidence? That and... They claim he had an affair with her. All right. He didn't. So, Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll do the... Mike wasn't paying attention. So here's what's happening, all right? Rich family, this is already in the press. They're about to go to the murder trial. Uh, rich husband is being charged for murdering his teenage stepdaughter. And also Who there was a rumor... What's that? And also sleeping with her? And also the rumor that she he was also sleeping with her. And the reason that she showed up to Bobby is that the she doesn't think their lawyer believes that he didn't do it. And so he's she's going to a lawyer who hopefully will believe that uh, the client is innocent. Bobby should know. 
Bobby's been accused not of the similar crimes, but of not being believed. Yeah, well, you know. Bobby's been on trial for murder. Pretty Is much it like worse? three of our cast have been charged with murder. It's not sure, but not even kind of the one who actually did it. It's not going away either. Why don't we just go to the doctor to be safe? A specific doctor, maybe? Yeah. That's a good idea. Let's giddy on with Perhaps it. on a Ooh. I... Is there another show on our network that might be struggling with ratings that we'd like to give a boost right now? Let's go to them. Amanda. How you doing? Ooh, that couch. This is Alexandra Kyle back as okay. Amanda. Ooh, that couch is hideous. You're looking so much better. Where's Lucy? She needs her counselor. You know, we might need you to come tell what happened in court. You said I didn't have to. Well, that's what we're hoping, and it's still possible you might not have to. Man's gonna be there? Amanda, you will be totally safe. There will be a lot of policemen and court officers. What, what if nobody believes me? You don't have to worry about that. Making them believe that's my job. You just have to tell what happened. Can you do that? That's a good response from Helen there. She's so fragile right now. Is there any way to get a continuance? I'm asking Emily Yancey but as the therapist. This judge is a nightmare with his docket. I can't see him giving us any more time. She's still in bad shape, Helen. A week, a month. I'll try. But if she has to, can she do it? The question is not so much can she, it's should she. Fair. Sticking her in a room with the man who raped her? She'll see him sitting there in a nice suit, getting called Mr. by these authority figures. Then she'll be attacked by the defense lawyer. I understand. These are, the kind, these are the kind of premises that I like on the show because it's not black and white, right? You can't effectively measure the damage it might do to a victim this young to have to face her accuser and and relive it this soon, right? But at the same time, if you don't make her do it and there's no accountability for the perp, what which is more harmful? Is there is there even an answer to that question? Well, and I, 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 I agree with you that it's a good type of case for us because it's pointing out a flaw in the system hmm. that uh, that the system here needs or needed, I don't really know how it's different today, but needs uh, a, a better protective system for younger victims. And, and like, you know, it, it, we come up against constitutional issues because of the right to face your accuser, but there's got to be some leeway there um, when you're dealing with children, especially children dealing with trauma. She do it's, it. So it's good, it's good to and explore. It's good to have is. this conversation. But try to get her more time. You can't videotape it? Like All the evidence of the affair came Which from my daughter. I think would make a lot of she sense. She told her friends this. She told her sister. And you think she was making it up? She was very troubled. She would say things to get attention. Two years ago, when Raymond wouldn't let her go to a party, she threatened to say that he molested her. Yikes. She was getting counseling, but she was pathological, Mr. Donnell. Okay, now, what about her blood on your husband's golf club? We believe the club was planted. By who? No idea. Raymond had some enemies at work. Fiona, my daughter, had enemies too. She'd gotten into some drug problems. 
Perhaps somebody wanted to kill her, had knowledge of this so-called affair, and then used it to frame Raymond. Or perhaps somebody just I mean, wanted to frame how Raymond. How many parents like think it's plausible that somebody what? wants to murder their teenage Get child? Even. Who would want to do that? He was having an affair with a woman, which ended last summer. Do you think that this woman might have killed your daughter? I don't even know her. Raymond yeah. thinks not. The police think not. How old was your daughter? Sixteen. Yeah. Uh. We're really uh, going into it this episode. Is this where you're getting the pain? Yeah, we sure are. Right there. Mm -hmm. Could be just ligament strain or this muscle spasm. This feels like Gideon's Crossing, Keith. Mm, show I've never it seen does. before. Could be well, here, I'll explain. I'm going to answer some of your questions. Doctor, that we're not entirely sure if she's in a different universe or not. Definitely seems like it. This doctor is played by Mary Mara uh, from Nash, Nash Bridges ER West Wing and West Wing and is not a regular cast member oh. on Gideon's Crossing, although you would think that this would be a good opportunity to introduce one, <laughs> uh, but nah, but nah. And, uh, but she does do one episode of Gideon's as this character, uh, and I don't think it is the next episode which Eleanor is on. Whatever. And she was a sphere builder, presage, on Enterprise Star Trek. They're nailing this crossover thing. Oh my well, god, I'm so excited to go watch that new show. There are also trace amounts of protein in your urine. There are still people out there somewhere that are still patting themselves on the back for the title of this episode. They're like, did you get that? It's it's not crossing, it's crossover. We did it, nailed it. Woo! Oh, great. Eleanor, have you been feeling sick lately? <laughs> there was like a network cold. meeting. They all high-fived <laughs> no, at the end of that. Why? You've got an elevated white blood cell count, which is normal in pregnancy, but you're high. I want to run some okay, more tests. Okay, so... So when when we get to the when we get to Gideon's Crossing, the episode is going to be named Rehearsal. Get it? Practice. Comedian. High five! High five! Yeah, Nailed, it. Nailed it! I know you don't want Ben because he's a personal friend, but I'd like for him to see you. The way they had her hero shotted, I thought for sure she is had to be a cast in member. Danger? Not at like all. You would think, member, yeah. But I want Ben Gideon to see you. Oh. oh, we want to see Ben Gideon. All rise, the Honorable Abraham so that's presiding. We kind of we kind of talked over dead. it, but of course, of course, Eleanor and Ben Gideon are old friends. Yeah, because Eleanor has ten trillion Facebook friends, and they're all old. No need to get comfortable. This isn't going to take very long. This is Charles Napier back as Judge Betts? Well, it looked like uh, Matt. Uh, Miss Gamble, your motion for continuance is denied. Your Honor. I told you, probable cause on this is thin. The defendant does have the right to a fair and speedy trial, Miss Gamble. Have you forgotten that? The rape wasn't that long ago. The longer you wait, the less fresh the memories of your witnesses. Yes, thank you for your concern. You also yeah. have my motion to let the child testify via closed circuit television. Denied. This trial yeah, starts after lunch. Okay, so we've got to Your Honor, I'd like to be heard on my second motion. We had a compassionate judge. You've been read. 
The victim is 11, forcing an 11-year-old little girl to sit in the same room with a man who raped That's her. That's his right, confrontation clause. Face-to-face -face confrontation if she testifies. It doesn't need to be in the courtroom. She could testify closed search. It's not done that way in Massachusetts, Your Honor. It could be. That's it, Ms. You could Campbell. save an 11-year-old girl from needlessly That's suffering enough. here. That's enough. The law is the law. Your motion is denied. This trial will start in one hour. Get your I was a Reagan appointee. Fuck you. I love a good bad guy. Uh, yeah. Let's say antagonist. And uh, he he's good at that. He is. Wheelchair dad. Why is he being like that? Because he's a judge who cares more about his docket than the emotions of an 11-year-old rape victim. So what now? Let's start the case, see how it goes. Maybe I can still get a plea. And if you can't? You gave me your word. Mr. McGowan, let's just see how it goes. What do you want from Helen? It's, she's, you're there. She's clearly doing everything she can, dude. I get it, but... Well, yeah, I, I get it, too. In the meantime, though, it is your 11-year-old daughter you're trying to spare more trauma, so... Keith and I speak I, on I the authority of, as parents. We found evidence oh, of vaginal absolutely. penetration, I have several plants. lesions, and bruising. <laughs> Me, too, and my cat guy are not doing well. Doctor, most of my plants are of age, though. I've had them college. Opinion as to what happened. Based on the examination, the injuries <laughs> are consistent with forcible penetration. Any evidence of semen? No. Any physical evidence other than the injuries that suggests she was raped? No, but the injuries Thank are. Thank you, Doctor. You've answered my questions. This is Richard Topol back as Dr. Inwood. And the. The defense attorney is David Aaron Baker. You're up next. 20 minutes. Oh, God. Just try Just to relax. sober up. You say exactly what... Michelle, I smell beer. I had one. That's all. Oh, great. Miss I was true. My hands were shaking. Just to calm me. I'm fine. I'm going to do three bumps you of need coke to be right before I go there. in. I'll be good. Okay. His lawyer is going to come at you. Just remember... You're standing up there for a young girl. You need to be as strong as you can. Okay. This just in. This I will not go well. Plundering. Well, my wife's been screaming at me to go on vacation anyway. Files are in good shape. Investigator reports you can use. I also recall very vividly a scene where Bobby goes to the previous lawyer who took shitty notes and didn't give a shit. I recall, remember that episode? There's uh, been a couple of those, but while we're at it, I can point out that this uh, guy quitting is played by William Converse Roberts, but this attorney we've seen before in trench work. Same attorney. Oh, good though. job casting. Okay. Same attorney. <clears throat> so no, no, bump, no, no jingle for you. Messenger Dover. What's the matter? Losing a high-profile case. You know what that looks like, Keith. It looks like a redress of. Egon's office from season one. I think they probably only have one office that they're redressing every <laughs> damn time. They have so many bookshelves, warehouses of bookshelves, and probably all the same books. So they sort of like yeah, <laughs> randomize for, them. For those of our listeners who are not of a certain age, as Keith and I, there used to be things called encyclopedias, which were books you'd keep on the wall that like taught you stuff. Uh, this was pre the internet. Well, early internet. 
Yeah, and they and they had one paragraph on everything. Trial. No more, no less. The other cases, Bobby. He told you he did it. No, he didn't. He did. Bobby? You can't put him on the stand to say he didn't do it since you know the truth. So he needs a lawyer who doesn't know the truth. Ooh, That's what's going on here, isn't this it? This is new. Bobby, you know too much. He has denied yeah, I think his it's interesting. I like this angle. Times. Uh-huh. I looked mm-hmm. out of my window into the vacant lot and seen him on top of a man. We should maybe clip that out. Just Bobby going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amanda with his pants down. Uh, this is Jamie she Allen. Jamie Ann And started to run, but he started chasing her. Who was the man? Him. Bruce Wilson. He lives in the Adam Screen projects with us. He was running after Amanda, and she was crying, you know? Leave me alone. What did you do? I ran down to help. I don't know her real well, but I know her dad's crippled. I got downstairs. Wilson was already gone. So I got Amanda settled down. She was totally upset and crying, holding herself, you know, down here. She said this- Objection. Hearsay? Excited utterance. Objection sustained. Shit. What did you do next? I took her to her dad. But he doesn't have a car, so we took a bus to the emergency room so she could see a doctor. And Miss Tritter, had you been drinking that day? I drank two beers that morning. But I wasn't drunk. I drank a lot. Two beers didn't really affect me that much. Are you sure you saw what happened? Yes. You ran down when you saw the girl being attacked? Yes. Right away? That's right. So you saw the attacker Smart for, for Helen to bring it up before what, the defense attorney does. So no. it do- he doesn't get I, the gotcha. A couple of seconds. I had to look and figure you out what was... I had to was... look because the vacant lot, it's about 200 feet from your house, right? I guess. And when you got there, the man was gone. Yeah, he'd run away. From 200 feet... You watch for a whole couple of seconds, but you're sure that my client is the man? You're an alcoholic, aren't you, Ms. Tritter? He did it. I saw him. You're an alcoholic, aren't you, Ms. Tritter? Pretty much. You ever lie about how much you've had to drink? Sometimes. Does your client ever lie about raping children? Move to strike. Stain. You were drunk that day, weren't you, Miss Tritter? No. No? You have a car, don't you? Yes. Didn't you tell Mr. McGowan that you were too drunk to drive? I didn't want to put anybody at risk. But I saw what I saw. Had any alcohol today? One beer. Ever been convicted of a crime? Once. What was the charge? Public drunkenness. You were found passed out on a sidewalk. She's giving a great performance. Am here. I correct? Yes. When is Lucy gonna uh, cross-examine? It's a good question. No, I, I have to say, like with all the episodes in which, especially in the first what couple of seasons, every every episode ended with let's infection. all discuss is our job as lawyers, back? whether or not He's it's a good thing to do. He's not gonna lie to me. He's an old friend. I might. If there was money involved. But I think 
Benjamin hold Gideon. on, hold on. Eugene Young. Where are you, sir? I'm here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this this uh, this defense attorney, like, he's got a shitty job to do in you know in the in the rape case, and like, oh, I don't know if I could do that job, and and it is sort of the question that we come to at the end of every episode. Uh, but meanwhile, guess who just showed up? Is that Gideon? Is that Ben Gideon? Holy crap! At least Eugene's there too. Yes. Guys, it is the lead, the star of the crossover, the Gideon of Gideon's Crossing, played by Andre Brower, the legendary Andre Brower, who has two Golden Globe nominees. He has 10 Emmy nominations, including two wins. You would know him also from Homicide, Life on the Street, Men of a Certain Age, Frequency, The Mist, City of Angels, Hack, and... uh. One of my favorite shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, in which he is phenomenal. Interesting. I do not enjoy that show. Do you not? I just, the humor doesn't strike me, but I know that I'm it, in a it very It took small, me a while to get into it. I'm in a minority there, for sure. It, it It's a little more heightened than like, some, like a Parks and Rec or The Office, which is usually my go-to, which is why I sort of resisted it for a long time. But I, I decided, because everyone says it was so good, to give it like four or five episodes. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, I bought it. I bought into this world. I'm in. All right, maybe I'll dip in. We'll see. Yeah. Nice to meet you. All right, Got cut the chance. small talk. Just tell me. We still don't know. We're not going to know until next episode on my show, unfortunately. Did I tell you Yeah, funny? yeah. Be, bit of the a waste. The ultrasound is clean. I just told you. No we stones, moved on. Ducks are clear. So, more tests? You might have something called chorioamnionitis, an infection of the amniotic fluid. I want to schedule an amnio. Yikes. Is it serious? Could be. That underscoring tells me it might be. Just tell me, damn it, is it serious? Eleanor, I'm not hiding anything from you. We just don't know. What was your relationship? <laughs> so if you look, look there, if you watch that scene again, they finish on like the long soap opera. Everybody stare at each other intently while we fade out, but just like, but nobody's saying anything. <laughs> this long extended silence. I will say, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I haven't done like an exhaustive amount of film and TV, <clears throat> but enough that. Look, I've been asked to do some crazy, not crazy, I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. I've been asked to do some uncomfortable things for me. Uh, I had to make out with my best buddy Keith here. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. I've had to do some other, I've had to play, uh, I've had to watch my wife play a uh, a slave owner mistress. Uh, that was uncomfortable. Right. There were some uncomfortable things I've had to do, but a couple I played of- a Native American chief in a drama. That, that's uncomfortable to even listen to. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. But on on a couple of takes of various things, whenever they do that shot where they're like, okay, like at the end of the line, we're going to keep rolling for like 30 seconds. We're going to cut, you know, we'll fade out, but we're going to keep rolling for about 30 seconds. Just kind of like stay in the beat. <laughs> keep Those 30 seconds are always the most uncomfortable because it's, and it's the antithesis of any way real life exists. Um, you don't just 
in the middle of a conversation, pause and stare at each other incredulously for a minute, a full minute. <laughs> uh, but but I guess if you just heard that your baby might be effed up, maybe you would. I I, I forget if I've told the story before, and I should really just have Eric on to tell the story himself. But he, uh, my brother-in-law, he was uh, was doing a soap that he was on for a while, and they uh, they had one of these like long extended fade outs. And they just said, you know, like, I don't know, do something. So he, I don't know, he he picked up a framed photograph of, like, his buddy's mother and just stared at it intently. <laughs> because, like, what else are you going to fucking do? Right. And they ended up writing a whole storyline about him, like, what, going to prison to, like, get revenge on that woman or something because of that shot. It's like, oh, I guess we got to explain it somehow. Maybe he's going to do something with the mother. I I shot I shot B roll for a documentary on. I I don't I can't even remember what the documentary was on, Uh, but the B all they needed from me was they were going to shoot me from the neck down in a in an orange jumpsuit at the Pinellas County, uh, I'm sorry Nassau County Prison out in New York, just like walking up and down my cell. So uh, then they got it. They got the shot really early, and they're like, you know what? Well, while you're here, and we're paying you a day rate, why don't we just like we're gonna throw you into like some police getup, and then uh, have you uh, walk? No, excuse me. That was the police getup. I was doing the police walking up and down like the cells. We're gonna throw you in the orange jumpsuit now, and we're just gonna like watch you getting transferred across the yard. So like by the basketball courts from one door to another door, just to use his B roll. And you're shooting in a real active prison, yeah? Yes. So um, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So as we're doing the shot in the courtyard, they're transferring actual prisoners to the mess hall (laughs) for lunch or something, right? On the active block. Now, Keith, they can all look out. And so I see that as they're going from like wherever they're coming from into the cafeteria area, like 50 to 60 active prisoners. Now, it's not like a high security murder prison, I don't think are watching me in an orange jumpsuit just like do some takes of walking across the basketball court and Keith <laughs> shouting the most, calling me the most probably deserved uh, names. Um, and it was, oh my God. there's embarrassed and then there's mortified and I was mortified. Like talk oh, about privilege, wow. right? Here I am like this free guy p- playing a prisoner as these yeah, getting prisoners. paid. Yeah, as these prisoners. I'm sure like, this what? craft service is there. Oh, it was bad, man. It was bad. Oh, oh my god. Anyway, with her. Speaking of privilege. At first, she hated me because I wasn't her father. She called me step thing, but then our relationship improved. How old was she when you two married? Thirteen. As I became more of a father figure, we had run-ins over discipline. It probably became a typical father-daughter relationship. With the exception that she claimed that you slept with her. Yikes. She had a history yeah, with that of exception, lying, yes. Mr. Donald. The more exotic, the better. This one happened to make her more interesting to her friends. The bottom line is, there's just no evidence of it other than Fiona going around saying it happened. You said she was getting counseling. Yes. Has anybody spoken to this counselor? She told him it happened. The prosecution plans to call him as a witness. She lied to him, too. So no one can testify she was a pathological liar. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm going to bring a motion in limine to suppress your daughter's statements. If we win... Can you? We have a shot. If we win, there's a chance at the affair. The allegation of that affair? Yes. 
there's a chance that it'll never come into evidence. And if we lose? Our chances get worse. Let's introduce... No, I have to ask him. Obviously creepy dad! Creepy, but... That was Mike censoring in real time! <laughs> this is Tom Mason as Raymond Littlefield from Apocalypse Now, Flags of Our Father, Runaway Bride, and Party of Five. That's what I have to say on that. I, I really was expecting offensive. something else. <laughs> what? Did the police ever consider you a suspect? Ooh. That's a question I hope I never get asked. <laughs> You're asking me if I killed my own daughter. Since you had access to both the victim and the weapon, I'm wondering if the police ever asked. The night of the murder, I was at my daughter's school at a board meeting. And whether or not the police checked, you'll have to ask them. She, oh, there was another long soap opera stare down there. Michelle. This is the drunk going in to see Helen. I'm sorry. She's not drunk. She's a person with addiction. Why? Because I'm a drunk. Okay, she called herself. And I didn't do that girl much good today. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I saw the jury looking at me. Michelle, you stuck to what you saw, and you were incredibly brave. Is Amanda going to have to testify? I think she may have to, yes. I'm so sorry. Great performance. Great performance. And I really like the portrayal of this character. Because you could... You could write it as just feel it you know the person with addiction who is like a dirtbag and like irresponsible or or not taking you know just not trying and you really have here is a is a, is a person suffering a good person trying to do the right thing who happens to be suffering and who is clocking what's happening and it's it's a more compassionate portrayal of that character. I would say that for the most part that has been an improvement I've seen in the stories uh, as like departing from seasons one and two. Whereas yeah. there are less character, I don't want to say caricature because they're never portrayed cartoonishly, but definitely more sympathetically and we they're allowing the gray area to breathe a little bit, which I think is more effective ultimately for the show. Yeah, I agree. I think the show itself has become more compassionate. It has and, matured a little bit. And this is clearly speculation on my part, but- my guess is that him writing various shows in different universes, sp sp specifically Ally McBeal and Boston McPublic, which are a little more, I don't want to say comedic, but you know what I'm saying, like out there, probably gives him a more focused understanding of what he wants this universe to be. Yeah, and I, and and his, you know, not to get too far into it, but his the way he's written women at least from the perspective of a man has improved a great deal. And I, and I wonder if it's working with these like powerhouse women on the show who, who probably have had something to say about how they're being written. And it's, it's done. It's been better for the show 
by a healthy margin. To kill her own daughter. I don't know yet. Uh, insurance frame her husband. I don't know. I'll find out. Bobby, don't you have a slight? Okay, so fun edit. Uh, if you're playing yes. along at home, in the A shot here, uh, so that's the the front shot of Lindsay. That is not a real baby. Now the B shot is absolutely a real baby. They probably only needed a little bit of that side shot. You can tell the baby does what babies does. It's fidgeting. It's moving its head. But this front shot mm -hmm. does not appear to be a real baby at all. So they can get less well, crying and fidgety. The front shot had more takes. Was, was that you agreeing with me, Keith? To defend oh, him. That was, that was. He's the client, not her. I'm not so sure. She's like, they let me cover up its clients. fake head here. If yeah, cover the head as much as I can with my hand. Counsel to tell you what to do. Yeah, side take with a real baby was like feel? one shot, one take. Yeah. And they used it for one cut roll. Where's my dad gonna be? Right over okay, here. So the girl the is time. in the courtroom that's empty that's and practicing. And I'll be here too, Amanda. And there's Lucy. I'm just gonna ask you a few easy questions just so you can get used to talking up there, okay? Where's he gonna be? Your father? Lucy's no, got the same shirt no, on, so this is him. this episode thus far has taken place I can't in real time that. in one day. I'm not allowed to. But he'll be in the courtroom. And you never have to look at him except when I ask you to point to him. Can you do that? Yeah, you can, girl. Come on. You're a brave girl. I can still call it off. Look, I won't lie. I think the guy will do it again. I want him off the streets. But doctor, if you're telling me it would be too detrimental to Amanda... I think it's too soon. The thing is, I can't afford to move. If he's not convicted, he's back in the projects. He's back in our building. Yeah. I'm so glad they found a way to integrate Lucy into Doctor. the show beyond a I'm worried about secretary. the trauma, but I'm also concerned of the lasting effects. Her feeling responsible for his freedom should he rape again. I want to put her on. You have my word. If it gets too rough, I will call this whole thing off. Oh, your word. Well, it's she's in a squeeze. Well, the statements are all she has done safe. better. The prosecution when they were is trying to introduce them as in, like, proof. Except I when she was these would prosecuting them as adults. To the hearsay rule. How? I, if counsel took the time to read our memorandum, you I would read see it twice, that. Your Honor. That's Kate Burton. The victim She's back. boasted of this affair with and the so defendant. Linda Hunt. There's no bragging <laughs> exception to the hearsay rule. Hold on. Am I to understand that the evidence of an affair between the victim and the defendant, you have nothing independent of the girl's claims? That's correct. But if you look at the affidavit from Fiona's therapist, you will see that she was quite upset when she told him of the affair. That would qualify these statements as excited utterances and therefore exempt the them from- The affidavit says the victim was emotional. It never says excited. Who did the victim make these claims to? To her sister, several friends, and her therapist. And when she told her sister and her friends, what was the tenor of it? She was essentially boasting about it. Yes. We drew a good judge in Hiller. She goes by the law, which gives us a shot. Now she's expensive she from a production standpoint. It's expensive, oh, so right. this better be yes, a good many case. many times, judges find a way to let this stuff in. In any event, we have to prepare. Jenny, I'd like to talk to you about your sister. Can I do that? 
Okay. And I have some more things to go over with you. Can you come by after lunch? We'll be there. Come on. Let's go see Danny. Bobby, I just talked to Beck. According to the probate, when Fiona died, Kate Littlefield became the sole beneficiary of uh -oh. a two million dollar family trust. Uh -oh. Gee, what Kids, a shock. we froze. We froze. Bobby, we did? If she's our target. She did sign oh, the retainer. Weird. Uh oh. Yeah, both of you guys froze for a second, and we're then back? it did a pop, 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 and then started again. Okay, well, I don't think we're gonna right. put to bed on our side. Sorry, you're here a little behind baseball here because Mike is not gonna edit that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is not. We're recording on Monday and we drop tomorrow morning. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, I think she is a client. We got to protect ourselves. Okay. We're ready. Okay, so. You can walk in with me, Amanda. Oh, drink. Have her testify. Amanda. You just look at me or the floor, nowhere else. Nobody's going to hurt you in there. Interesting point of view shot from yeah. the point of view of the girl. It's very suspenseful. It is quite intimidating when you're that height, too, because they lowered the camera to her eye level. Just to have to look at that dude, and there she is. She's looking. What a great performance for a kid. Oh, she's killing it. Amanda? Just... Does she stay an actress, Keith? Gamble, are you calling this witness? I think so. This judge is a fucking prick. Amanda? He is. You need to come up yeah, to the witness chair. Miss Gamble? Oh, let's see if I can remember that bumper. This judge is an a No, how, how did the Bobby is an asshole bumper go? Shit. Hey, Jay. Oh. Jay. <laughs> I got a very big dick. This judge is an asshole. Yes. So it's two notes. Amanda. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Scamble. Come on, girl. You got it. I'm really Your pulling Honor. for her. This judge is an Commonwealth asshole. Commonwealth rests. Your Honor. You're not this calling this witness? No, Your Honor. Sidebar, Your Honor. Chambers. Actually, very effective also. Jury sees her too scared to testify. Yeah, huh? Can't take it I out of their brains. I should be allowed to cross-examine. I did not call her. She just gave testimony in that room. She did no such She thing. made an identification, and you know it, Helen. She looked at him, stared. She that did jury not so take the stand. I didn't call her. She needs an identification, so she waltzes that girl in there to stare at my client without being sworn. I didn't plan what was going to oh, happen please. in that room. Th this cannot go to the jury. I want a mistrial. Oh, right. Then you'll argue Jeopardy has attached because we caused a mistrial. What, so he can walk free to rape another sixth grader? 
You don't want to be responsible for that. Is that what this is, Miss Gamble? You couldn't make the case, so you want me to take the heat for letting him back on the streets? I'm not trying to do that. If what just happened in there was planned, he's right. You are totally unethical. And if you were surprised, you are grossly incompetent, even for a government lawyer. Either way, you're the one to blame for a mistrial here. You, not me. We pushed that little girl before she was ready. You especially, Your Honor. This is what happens. I say what happens here, not you. Now get out. He's good at playing an asshole. Got a really good face for it. Face like a brick. Did you believe your sister at all? No. She liked to shock people. And this had this a great shock value, Brooks? sleeping with her stepfather. All attention would just turn to her. And you told this to the police? Yes. Okay, your dad, does he have a temper? Not really. I mean, he can get mad, but if you're asking if he could have done this, the answer is no way. Okay, I have to ask, what about your mother? What about her? She had access to the victim and the murder weapon. What was your mother's relationship with Fiona? You know, she's her mom. Could you conceive mm. of her wanting to harm your sister? No. Is it obvious that we're going to plan B the fuck out of her? For me to help your dad, is there anything you're not telling me? My mother loved my sister. She would never hurt her. Ladies and What's gentlemen up, of the jury, Ms. Gamble's bringing a witness into this room, then changing her mind and deciding not to call her was one of the sorriest, most reprehensible things I have ever seen on the bench. Ms. Gamble's arrogance and stupidity should have been apparent to everyone in this courtroom. Now, the defendant has moved for a mistrial. That motion is denied. You Which are, we already however, knew because to give the jury's no consideration there. to the victim's behavior in this room. Even Not though even her Helen presence. just played it like it was news. None. The evidence before you is only the testimony of Miss Tritter and the testimony of Dr. Inwood. Nothing else. We'll adjourn for 20 minutes, then, Mr. Pashman, you'll begin your closing. So to reiterate, Keith, and this is just, I mean, it's, pre it's pretty self-evident, but clearly that was Helen's gamble, right, the whole time. Oh, I see what you did there. High five, everyone. High five. Yeah. Helen's gamble. Woo! Um, great, great, great title for an episode, which probably never gets used. Uh, Ooh, yeah. But perhaps the title of Keith's fictitious re uh, reunion special we're going to do. If I, I thought you were going to go like Keith slash fiction. Yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't know we have another podcast we don't release. It's just us doing weird fanfic of The Breakfast. <laughs> of The Breakfast. Um, Yikes. It wasn't, they weren't afraid, fearful of her giving the test. Obviously, whatever trauma was going to be for her facing her accuser, she had to go through anyway right there. But they were just saving her from being cross-examined, basically. By this right. gambit. 
Yes, if it was intentional, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't know what the show's perspective is here on whether or not that was an intentional move by Helen to sort of have her cake and eat it too. You know, I, I, it's it's probably slightly less traumatic for the girl be, because it, you're exactly right because she doesn't have to speak, she doesn't have to be cross examined. But like, it didn't seem like it was a great time for her. I guess we could deliberate it later, but you know, the argument that says that wasn't her her plan, that this wasn't premeditated, would be that if the true concern, which it seemed like her true concern was, to not let this guy rape again, then you probably wouldn't risk a mistrial because it's clearly on the table. Well, clearly she had multiple competing interests that that protecting this girl was a very strong interest, as is getting this guy off the streets, and it's tough to when you, you know when you have the internal conflict there to know what to do. There's no conflict per se. Who you think did it doesn't matter. You're simply trying to establish that Raymond Littlefield didn't. Rebecca, you know what we're talking about. We might plan be the wife. She hired us, and right? I'm thinking she's a client. And are you going to do that? We don't know, but it's an option. Can we? Well, here's where it gets murky. Mike would like to ask uh, any lawyers who listen, and I know there's a few. I, we've been, we've uh, one of our newer listeners. Uh, I can't remember her name per se. Uh, but I'm asking, is Plan B an actual legal verb that is used, or is that something the show kind of invented? I, I am I am not a lawyer, but I would guess very strongly that it's a David E. Kelly invention. I'm sure that the strategy yeah it has happens, its own parts in its own in various different law firms or whatnot. Yeah, I, I, but because I, I can't imagine there's an official <laughs> like term in the legal books for no. I just mean is it like a slang that's else. used amongst you know right right you right know, like if we were to look in, if we were to think about it too long in the theater there's a, we have a lot of slang we use that isn't necessarily in the textbooks, you know? Right, right. We have textbooks? If you believe it or not, that you plan to go after her, then it undermines the interest of Raymond. We know it's murky. I want the answer. (laughs) Don't snap at me. I just got out of a coma. Look, we need independent... Best line of the episode of maybe the season. (laughs) Don't snap at me. I just came out of a coma. The council to give us an opinion. In the meantime, if we win on this, this like hearsay the issue, we won't need ever. to plan B anybody. So let's see how that goes. What about Raymond's mistress? So plan I'm A is not to plan B. Eugene, look at sharp. Doing? Okay, uh, she feels pretty good. When doesn't he? What about emotionally? How's she holding up? She's scared. All they have to identify my client. Oh. All they... It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your you're client fine. Is the defendant's dead. probably gonna rape again. Closing time. Yeah. They have is the testimony of an admitted alcoholic who says she saw it for a couple of seconds from 200 feet away. While she was drinking. This just in, 200 That's feet, it. not that far. A two-second no. ID from 200 feet away. Especially if you know the person. From a woman who was too drunk to even drive at the time. 
Was there any physical evidence linking this crime to my client? No. Any DNA? No. A hair? A fiber? Secretion of oil from a hand? A fingerprint? Nothing. The say-so of a drunk at 200 feet. That's the prosecution's entire case. Beyond reasonable doubt. Sometimes the strength of a prosecution's case can't equal the horror of a crime. An 11-year-old girl was raped. It would be nice to have DNA. 11 years old. With the idea that a rapist could be put back out there to rape more children, I'd love to have more eyewitnesses than I do. But as it is often the case, when rapists abduct 11-year-old little girls and drag them off to rape them, they look for secluded areas where there's less chance of being seen. And most rapists, they're not seen. But this rapist was seen. Michelle Tritter told you exactly what she saw, and her testimony is uncontroverted. She bravely got up there, under attack, being called a drunk, and she bravely told you what she saw. Now, the defense talked about all the evidence we don't have. Why is that? It's because they know what we do have. The medical evidence, the eyewitnesses' evidence, is more than enough to convict. Miss Tritter's not perfect. No eyewitness ever is. But if you believe her, then you know what happened here. Bruce Wilson was doing exactly what Michelle Tritter saw him doing. He was raping Amanda McGowan, 11 years old. It's not a question of whether we've proved it beyond reasonable doubt. We have proved it beyond any doubt. The day his daughter was raped, Howard McGowan asked me if I would get the man who did this. I told him I couldn't really do that. But you, but can. you can. Guilty, Keith. Guilty. It's it's so Two rare to be watching a case that Helen's in. Time out. Time out, ladies and gentlemen. Here we have the newest member of the practice. Baby Frut. Yeah! Woo! Let's cut from rape deliberations to Eleanor's baby. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not Eleanor's baby! <laughs> I was like, wow, they're just gonna skip over the entire medical thing and just <laughs> the baby's born. Talk about getting the shit into that that plot line. Okay, Mike, like many things in his life, premature as always. And I let you revel in it. <laughs> oh, there's Lindsay's face. I didn't even see Lindsay's face up there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> was already bigger than this guy. Then I'd go straight C-section, that's all I can say. Oh, I'll take her anyway she comes. Yeah. Gideon in the house? It's a crossover episode. She can stay. Just tell me. Um, you really want to know? You really want to live? Tell me. 
Lab results are normal, including the repeat CVC. Meaning? Meaning we need the bed and you're starting to bug me. So um, go home. Really? So there was literally no the reason for you to, to be take here. Home. You can start tomorrow. I'm okay. The baby is okay. Crisis averted. But I'm going to have to see you for a follow-up next week on Gideon's Crossing, ABC. Gideon's Nine Crossing. This week on ABC, the now, crossover not... of the century. Eleanor goes to a doctor. She gets checked out. She's fine. Uh, however, uh, even though you're currently in a hospital gown, we're going to need you back at the office real soon because. Uh, eh. That's just how we work. No days what a great here. crossover. <laughs> crossover. The checkup was fine. All results are normal, but have you seen the title? I have reviewed the prosecution's <laughs> proffer as well as the declaration of the victim's therapist. Like the title was a network note. <laughs> the right they to, to write confront into... one's accuser, the right to cross-examine prosecutorial witnesses. These are fundamental principles to our criminal justice system. The statements made by the victim that she was having an affair with the defendant, these are out-of-court declarations being offered for the truth of those declarations. They constitute hearsay. Correct. They are inadmissible. And they will not be entered into evidence for the purpose of this proceeding. We are adjourned. Well, congratulations. You now have an excellent chance at freedom. What happens now? I expect the DA will be calling me to strike a deal. All they have now for evidence is the victim's blood on your golf club. And they can't make reasonable doubt on that. Are you accusing me of murder, Mr. Berluti? I'm doing no such thing. I'm just interviewing you who conceivably <laughs> have a grudge against Raymond Littlefield. You two were lovers. You broke up three months before. If I were going to kill somebody out of anger, wouldn't I have chosen him? I'm not saying you killed anybody. I'm just... You're looking for somebody to point the finger at to create reasonable doubt. I'm looking for someone to introduce. Lady that Jimmy accused of murder. Lady that Jimmy took to a really nice restaurant that just has their silverware rolled up in napkins thrown in a bucket. I, you know, it, it is a really bold thing to invite a stranger to lunch, sit down, order food, then accuse them of murder. Because then what do you do? Well, you ask you, me if they're going to finish ordered. that last calamari. It's like a very awkward uh, you rest murdered of that the meal. Man. You going to eat that last mott stick? Yeah, ooh, that's, that's pretty good. Should we get some apps? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to expense it, so get whatever you want. Yeah. That's an inside joke. All right. The affair lady is Day Young from Pretty Woman. She was one of the mean uh, people who worked in the fancy store in Pretty Woman. Uh, and she's got a tremendous Star Trek resume on Enterprise. She played Kayla in Two Days and Two Nights. On Deep Space Nine, she was Arissa in A Simple Investigation. On Next Generation, she was Hannah Bates in The Masterpiece Society. When you have three credits on three different shows, you get the bumper. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be drawn here. This far, no, no further. No further. I'm a lawyer myself, Mr. Berluti. Oh, and I'm more than familiar with the tactics employed by your firm. 
You can check out my law show above the kind of Wednesday nights on NBC. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. And I don't appreciate being set up as a Plan B victim. Okay. So, uh, fries? Get some as somebody fries? who knows Mr. Littlefield, do you think he's capable of committing this crime? I think anybody's capable of swinging a golf club in a fit of rage. Do I think he did? No. Do I want a Dr. Who's Pepper? Your suspect? You're damn right. Mm. Have you looked at his wife? Are there free refills here? I think she would kill her own daughter. <laughs> I could I use think another anybody's napkin. Anybody's capable of swinging a golf club in a fit of rage. Why did you and young Kittleson end your affair? Hmm. They have some good chemistry. That's why I found out about it. Okay, verdict time. In the case, does anyone here want some sliders? Rise. In the case of guy who raped little girl v Foreman, little girl, the jury has reached what a say? unanimous verdict. We have, Your Honor. Nice. What say you? Fuck this guy. Commonwealth versus Bruce Wilson on the count of rape of a child under 12. We find the defendant, Bruce Wilson, guilty. Guilty. Nice. Members of the jury, this completes your service. You're dismissed with the thanks of the court. Security, please take the defendant into custody. The we'll Helen see you on March Gamble the 20th for sentencing, off. and we're adjourned. statement from you and Amanda. Miss Campbell. Go see your daughter. Good work. Good work, Helen. Ooh, Bobby you suit look looking fly, too. Actually, I am. As blown away as I feel. What's up? Well, when I called you, I was prepared to offer manslaughter. Then... Oh, shit. She got some evidence. What? DNA analysis came up from Baltimore. There was some contaminated blood on the victim near the vagina. We've identified the contaminant. It was a trace of semen. It genetically matches your client. But dad slept with the girl. What if they're planting evidence on you? If you need more time to prepare, we'll of course agree to a continuance. Well, it's like, did, it still doesn't mean that he killed her. But it, at Don't. least the, no, we're gonna talk about it. I thought the episode was- Lie over. to me. It can't be right. It's pretty much a scientific certainty, Raymond. They will now be able to prove you were there and you had sex with her. The game is over, Raymond. If I have any chance, any chance at all of saving you from a life sentence, you have to tell me how that semen got there. I didn't kill her. How did that semen get there, Raymond? He was sleeping no, with her and the mom killed her. I'm just inventing plot points. Sick. You're screwed. 
kill her, Mr. Donald. Whatever else might have happened between us, I did not kill her. My God. And it took them to identify it. Evidently, it was contaminated. Now they're sure it's his semen. Unbelievable. Lucy was barely it. I couldn't have been more wrong. 16. What a pig. I said one case. There's been three. Are you ready for your soup? You have to eat now. Yes, but I have to go to the bathroom first. And it needs more salt. (laughs) My final swing, Keith. We okay. Think, we think All right. What does Mike think's gonna happen with 45 seconds left to go in the episode? We think we've come to like a fun, happy ending here, but I still think a last minute something to Eleanor, she's gonna like crap out. Since they already blew everybody else up, Eleanor's gonna like go into a, have a stroke or a coma here and we gotta take her back to Gideon. How do you know? Wow, that's a big swing knowing we have an episode coming up next week. who makes soup for breakfast anyway? On Gideon's Crossing. She's standing up. She's about to go down. I can scramble eggs. Fantastic. His own stepdaughter. You know, kids just aren't innocent anymore, Jimmy. These days, it's all about... Eleanor! Guys, I'm... I'm Eleanor! Eleanor! Oh, my God, you're so good at TV. Eleanor! Eleanor! Oh, Jesus. Somebody call Dr. Gideon! (laughs) Yes, it's an emergency. We got a woman... Can, can we get across town? <laughs> Is she breathing? Get an ambulance. We Are you getting an ambulance in? Four six six Millberry Street, <laughs> apartment eleven B. Get it here now. <laughs> Things are getting exciting. <laughs> well, let's Gideon up and get to the oopsies. <laughs> and. We are back, baby. Uh, all of our oh. Gideon puns intact. Oh my goodness! If you missed all of those terrible, terrible puns that we forced through your ears in stereo, but happily, if you are just on the YouTube's, you got it. You missed it. But what you're not gonna miss is everybody's favorite segment, especially mine. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Everybody do the choreography at home. Oh, the Lucy's pissed because Helen needs Rape Girl to testify, but at the last minute she decides she's not going to testify. She just calls her up and then she pulls her back, and that actually ends up to the rapist getting identified without being identified, and Helen wins the case. Also, Eleanor goes to the hospital, but guess what? She's all right. She's not sick. Oh, but until the end of the episode, then she is sick, so she's going back to Gideon, baby. And Bobby is going to... Uh, gets this guy, and he's like, he might have raped his daughter, but his stepdaughter, but he didn't kill her, that's for sure. But is it for sure? We'll find out next week. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love how it always, like, just spi- starts good, and then it spirals out at the end, and just like a big face plant. That's my favorite segment. Uh. Okay, it is time for us to do our favorite thing, and that is a special award show at the end of every episode, entitled... Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. 
Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, I'll tell you, Jackie, they're a fake awards show we do at the end of every episode that always, always begins with... That's right. Okay. It doesn't begin with spare tires, which you could be confused to thinking because that's what I had on the screen. It it surely does not. And and uh and when the video didn't roll, so and you saw what my face looks like when I'm not on camera. Wait, the video didn't roll? <laughs> it started and then it stopped, and then I saw myself and I was not expecting to see myself, and that's never a good thing. Oh well. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever I would keep experienced, you will too, dear listener, because Ah, there I've it got is, no folks. time. Uh, no time. So I can tell you this with absolute certainty: <clears throat> Lucy is not the MVL. No, no, that was your prediction, though. It, it surely was. Uh, yeah. So I think we can all attest that Gambit or Gamble uh, or not, uh, Helen mm-hmm. nonetheless gets a rapist off the street protects a little girl from being cross-examined about said rape, and in some way, shape, or form, maybe, potentially, incentivizes the moral questioning of an alcoholic to perhaps rethink and get a little bit of help. Maybe. That would be a bonus. But I think the big thing here is rapist off the street. So for that reason alone, and for those other reasons, maybe, most valuable lawyer goes to Helen Gable. Yeah, all right. Well, I will I will place uh my hand on the Gideon Bible wow. and say that I <laughs> Wow folks. <laughs> that I agree that uh yes, of course, uh Helen did excellent Helening uh today. And she came at it from both a good strategic place and a good moral place. Um, you know, I don't I don't know still whether or not it was intentional to have her go up there but not testify. Uh, But either way, I think she handled it beautifully. So congratulations, Helen Gamble. Look at you as the MBL. Coming up next, everybody have the choreography down? Let's go. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. My chair's rolling away. You are the best (laughs) guest actor on the episode. Uh, Guys, basement floors aren't always uh, completely flat. And when you have a rolling chair and you do uh, intensive choreography, things happen. You know, I I envisioned like a YouTube user super cutting, like hundreds and hundreds of, of users all doing the choreo together. And then, you know, uh-huh, that would uh-huh. we would need more than, like, a handful of people to listen to the show, which is something we should have thought about when we picked such a niche show. Ah, uh, yes, 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 indeed. Well, we'll have to, uh, when we do our choreo on something slightly less niche. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be 80 but, at that time. But in the meantime, in will. the interim, mm-hmm. um, you would think, one would think that in a crossover episode so crossovery that it had to be in the title so crossovery mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. 
a member of the crossover cast would probably break into the best guest actor category. You'd think it would be given such a pivotal role and a chance to shine and a chance to like show the practice viewers why you want to just jump over and watch that show because damn it, that guy is good. I want to watch all of his stuff. He's not even a nominee. No. Uh, you would also think that maybe in the C case that I didn't expect to even see this week, one of those cast members mm -hmm. would give such a portrayal. In fact, what's the wife's name, the potentially Black Widow-ish wife? Uh, Isabella Hoffman. Is, that she would, she is a nominee, but I don't think she gives the most compelling performance. Keith, I am torn between the young actress who played the rape victim this week, who barely said anything, if, if saying anything, Alexandra Kyle. Alexandra Kyle, or the judge who was such an asshole that he needed his own bumper, mm, or mm. a really great Charles Napier, a really great performance, and ultimately my winner uh, is the uh, is the defense attorney of the rapist, who I thought uh, was really compelling. I thought he 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 played his case well. I thought that he his performance was everything it was asked of him in a in a not potential not particularly sympathetic role. I really enjoyed what he brought to the cast this week. So uh, my my oopsie goes to David Aaron Baker. Wow, David Aaron Baker. I, I was was not at a direction I was expecting. Okay, Keith is surprised. You're probably surprised there too, there it is. Keith, who would you like to award your oopsie to? Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on all the people listed, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go in yet another direction. Wow. I'm going to give it to Jamie Ann Allman as the witness with an addiction, who yes. I thought did a really tremendous job. You know what? That's so, great. I love that our oopsies are really shouting out. So people, people are going to be scrolling through their Instagram and be like, wait, wait what? What? I got hashtag. Well, mine makes sense. Oh, well, right. you're saying mine doesn't make. Oh, even better. Now my oh, guys gonna listen fired. to the episode and be like, "Oh, that one guy didn't even like me." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was good. He was totally good. I don't get me wrong, uh, <laughs> David. You were great. I, I just it, it was not the the showy role. He was, he, but he 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 served his purpose very well. Anyway. It is time to move forward to. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Don't sleep on Cameron. She's always giving you everything she's got. Bobby did some great yelling, you know, as Bobby mm -hmm. <laughs> tends to do. Bobby! But I'm happy that. Uh, Oh no! I'm not help. I'm oh, not no, helping happened. you with a main cast oh, member. Oh no! It's happened again. Oh <laughs> With a no. main cast member, it's not Dookie. <laughs> oh no, Mike! Oh my God! I'm stone I'm cold not. sober too. I refuse to help you. We are 101 episodes into this show. There's only like seven cast members. Damn it! Oh my god, I can see it. I can see it. Don't make me IMDb. She was probably the most famous one at this point. Oh man, now I gotta do it. I I, I <laughs> No no no. You no, you can't look it up. We're gonna sit here till you remember no, organically. I'm it up. 
No, no. You have to sit oh here and think about God, what you did. Oh, my God. It's so easy. Ugh. All right. Well, since I ruined the segment, I think we both can agree. <laughs> Lara Flynn Boyle, this was her episode. <laughs> uh, I'm so disappointed we couldn't sit there and literally watch you sweat for the uh, the extended time. Yes. Uh, I, yes, she was great. It was it was her episode, and I liked it for the character. I liked it for the actress. Congratulations, Lara Flint Boyle. Next up is the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. So the nominee, just so you, I have it ahead of time, his name is Tom Brady. Tom Brady wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady, typically. Okay, and last week the winner was, but I'm not pregnant, Tom Brady, as we can see here. Uh, on the screen, mm -hmm. as you can see. Now, I should also mention that, uh, oops, I'm not on spare tires yet. Oh, God damn it. <sighs> <laughs> Mike needs another sandwich. You know, as we mock Tom Brady every week, uh, with, mm -hmm. with pleasure, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Brady is mm. doing what, uh, generally speaking, 65-year-old men don't do, and that's winning playoff games. But yeah. Uh, yeah. he is doing that currently. Uh, but this week, oh man, this week is riddled with problems because I uh, we talked a lot about underage rape and sex this week, so I don't want to get stuck in a quagmire. No, you for surely do not. So I'm going to just say that this week's Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady is going to go to... <laughs> Keep thinking. Wait, what's her name again? Quick, quick. What's uh, her name? Uh, you know what? There you go. That's well. Let's do it. Let's let's blend the two and say this week's Tom Brady War for being Tom Brady goes to Lara Fri Lara Flynn Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy that one, Keith. I'm gonna send one episode of our podcast to Lara <laughs> Flynn Boyle to see if she'll come on the show. And it's going to be this one. No, no, no. Because, like, if we ever have an opportunity to interview her, right, she'll be like, oh, let me go listen to an episode that like, I was one of the stars of. Oh, look, I want all the oopsies. I can't wait to find how, how much of a fan they are, how much they're clocking everything. And the episode starts with me going, and now welcome to the Out of Practice podcast. Uh, hold on, I got to pull it up on IMDb. <laughs> Sure, I didn't know the name of the episode. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> it's not not great. So, all right, uh, here's one for you, and then I'll, I'll I'll do one for myself, and then one for you. I didn't know the name of the show. I should look up what show we're gonna talk about, but I'm not that the better podcast. That wasn't good. No, but no, it's been. your turn. I probably should know the name of the cast members of the show, but clearly I don't, and I suck some stove. I hope that they never come on the show, and I, we should probably stop asking people for money. <laughs> That's probably true. We should give people money back for this episode. <laughs> if you want, if you want your refund, go to Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com and put in the promo code uh, episode five seventeen. What is the name of this episode? And who's in the show? Chris, okay. Uh, wait, so uh, the Tom Brady word you know from Tom what? Brady Hold goes on. to Lara... The, yes. Okay. Le I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to disrespect anybody, so forget it. All right, it's a, the Lara Flynn Boyle Tom Brady wins no, the Tom Lara, Brady Lara, Lara Flynn Brady. 
Lara Flynn Brady wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Okay, very good. I look forward to that. Do you? Uh, I do. I, I, I have a plan. Okay, <laughs> finally, mercifully. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. All right, so Keith and I being objectively morons aside, um, the worst part about this episode is the crossover bit. Completely unnecessary. And and at that, pretty poorly executed. Now, if we were to go to Gideon's Crossing and have it have that portion of the show surgically removed, this is a, mm-hmm. a compelling episode for me. We're we're exploring some interesting gray areas, uh, not mm-hmm. only in the A case where we're like we have done in the episode. I won't relitigate it, but we're weighing the long-term psychological effects of the victim testifying versus what happens if the person goes free. Um, Mm -hmm. I found that really compelling. Uh, Also continues Helen's arc, which the redemption of Helen continues, and we we dig that. Um, In the other case, Bobby is faced with uh, defending someone with, but has his own suspicions of that person potentially have admitting some sort of guilt to his other lawyer so bobby's coming coming with his own prejudices and that's really interesting too and we're and we're we're, they're kind of like throwing some red herrings our way with with the wife and the the daughter and some and then this lady we met jimmy and the other lawyer meeting in the or the the, the other lady meeting in the lots of cool stuff uh i like a continuation in this regard because the case does seem interesting and we do have enough information to kind of ponder over so that's really interesting too performances across the board great uh victims rights uh handled with care uh having lucy there having everyone the from the father to the uh the witness everybody has context everybody has their own backstory a lot of great stuff happening and then the eleanor stuff which is like oh yeah she's still pregnant and here she's at the hospital but she's okay but she's not okay it's just a little schlocky and by a little i'll let you expound on that so i have to ding it for that a little bit but i but ultimately i really enjoy the episode i can't i can't really find a lot of fault with it i like the resolutions of the cases I really like the episode. I'm going to give it 8.5 stars. I know that we want to be more specific, so I'll say 8.50. So you specified, instead of 8.5, we're going to get more specific and say 8.50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're going to need that O for the math, Keith. You're going to need that O. <laughs> You might have implied it, but not me. I'm going to explicitly mm. state it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't 8.5 question mark. It is 8.50. <laughs> definitively. Oh, definitively. Okay. Woo. Uh, yeah. No, I I agree with you I on sort of all of those points. I like the episode. I like the ethical question. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it, I'd like the redemption of, of Helen. I find the the case that Bobby's working on, obviously it's super soapy um, and, you know, very like bold colors, but it is interesting. And I, and I do like the sort of ethical quandary they have. They're going to, is it a client? Is it not a client? Um, 
So I, I don't know, like it, depending on where that goes, that could be a very soap opery story or a very interesting one. So I'll give it the benefit of the doubt at this point. Um, one layer that I did enjoy, <laughs> you, you realize there's a, there's a shot of our, our, our screen right now. Yeah. Uh, what? No, 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 no. You know what, Keith? I forgot. <laughs> You're looking at something that audience isn't seeing. Oh, oh, I'm oh showing God. you the preview. Well, I'm showing you the preview, which I should. I forgot to change. Oh, oh, fancy! That's the OBS right. preview well, window. There, you should be back. Oh, there's a preview window. Ooh, uh, I need to see myself. If yeah. I weren't such a raging narcissist, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing a podcast. You're right, Mike. You gotta let me see. You gotta, gotta let right. me see the money. <laughs> I actually liked the wrinkle of this sort of asshole conservative judge here yeah. who was a big problem and not helping this girl at all. But in the end, he's sort of he's sort of a backdoor good guy for not not declaring a mistrial. Because I would imagine most people would declare a mistrial under those circumstances because he knew as we've talked about before, you can't unring a bell. So you had the jury see her make the ID and it was very obvious this guy 100% did it and while he, you know, yelled at Helen and publicly humiliated her and told the jury to, you know, uh, ignore it, obviously he knows that they can't. And so he sort of made justice happen by not declaring a mistrial there. So I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. As far as the crossover part, yeah, that was a bad crossover. That was entirely pointless. And, uh, a, you you didn't show us any of the world of Gideon's Crossing, and you had you brought in Andre Brower, an incredible award-winning actor, and gave him nothing to do on the practice, which has the bigger audience. If the goal is to get, uh, you know, is to get people to watch Gideon's Crossing, you want to show some of it. You want to give the audience something to look forward to. And the only thing the practice audience cares about is what's happening to Eleanor, but we've given them nothing, which makes me wonder, uh, and oh, wait, I have a... Conspiracy theory. And I wonder if this crossover was forced on David E. Kelly. Like, re retroactively? I, I wonder if it was like, all right, we'll give you a crossover with Boston Public if you do a crossover with another show that we are trying to, to help here because uh, the previous two crossovers have been in the David E. Kelly-verse. Wait, but Dave, Gideon's so Crossing, Gideon's Crossing is not? No. Gideon's oh. Crossing has no affiliation with David E. Kelly. I see. So, I'm, what, what did we say earlier this episode about assumptions? Yeah, I just assumed it, yeah. it was. Well, I did too until I looked it up and I'm like, oh, no, it's not. It's just another show on ABC. Okay. And so I wonder if David E. Kelly did the subtle fuck you and just sort of biffed the that part of the crossover. Put him in two scenes because and that's just not named what he wanted. Yeah. And just and just like put him in two scenes that meant nothing and that were inconsequential and you gave Andre Brower nothing to do. So I I've it didn't feel like David E. Kelly had a rooting interest in this crossover. It's almost as if he resented this crossover happening. So anyway, that is my conspiracy theory. Um, but I did like the episode. Um, so you give it an 8.50. Oh, yeah. 
So I I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. So I'm going to give it an 8.501. Wow, we're going to the hundredth <laughs> or the thousandth. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're the one who has to do the math, man. So that's on you. <laughs> Enjoy it. Uh, of course that yeah that's true well, and then round it up round it to the hundredth point it is 8.5 yeah so there you go um yeah before we, okay. before we before we close it out i'll say that uh could you do me a favor and post and re- remind me the actor who also exists in brooklyn 99 uh which is the easter egg clearly oh andre brower uh yes, cor- yes. gideon gideon yes uh, all makes sense now. There you go. That's the Easter egg reveal. Easter egg reveal. Uh, and I guess, Keith, that means you start talking. That means, all right. <laughs> I thought you had something to say. Nope. All right. Uh, boy, you've got, listened to a pretty goofy episode of the Out of Practice <laughs> Podcast. If you would like to participate with us, you can reach us at Out of Practice Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or check out our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. You can do us a huge service and join the jury and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. This episode of the Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations from Leanne Wrights, Cloud Lover 69, Jorge Navoa, and Jennifer Massanova. You know, if you'd like to join them, you could do that. You can do that by giving us money using the show notes. Uh, one-time donation, monthly contribution. They do help. They help us pay for our Hulu subscription, really, at its basics, most basic form. Additionally, you could tell some friends or, you know what, just leave us a review so that if people are trying to find that hot, hot, the practice content, they find their way to us. (laughs) Uh, In all seriousness, uh, our country uh, depends on people like you being compassionate, and uh, we urge you to do so. Laser sounds, bombs bursting in air with laser sounds. <laughs> really stuck the landing there, didn't we? <laughs> Holy shit, that's bad. That's that's bad even for me. Bombs bursting in air with lasers. I'm gonna advocate for compassion. Bombs bursting in air, lasers. <laughs> I'm going to call for national unity, but I really need to impress upon you this stupid, silly pun I try to end the episode with, which I've never successfully done. I, can, gonna... I, can, I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> Are you going to go from compassion? How are you going to get from that to We just lambasted them for trying to shoehorn in the crossover's name into the title, and yet I still got to get laser sounds in, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see, as you panicked, you saw the flag.